Hey there, Super Fun Super Show, where we talk about superhero movie news and comics and things of that nature. The biggest news items from the past week or so, that's what we cover. I'm Sean Dwyer, joined once again by Adam Patterson. Hello. Sean Brennan. Shh. Yeah, I was shushed so politely today, and I, oh boy. I just had to take it. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, what's the comeback for when someone shushes you? Do you just shush them back more aggressively? I think it's just either you shush them back more aggressively, or you just go to the, the, the standby. Did you just shush me? I think that's the only thing. I mean, if, if you're British, you just stand there and smile. Yeah. That's because you don't want anybody else to feel awkward or yeah. upset. Who shushed you in what context? <laughs> Oh, it was Adam. Oh, I it was did. Adam. Oh, I totally they, did. Oh, I didn't yeah, realize yeah. you were out in the world. Yeah. I thought you were out in the world or something. No, no, no. No <laughs> one in the world talks to me. Oh. Yes. So th- there's never a time where someone's like, hey, man. His special power is invisibility. Kind of. Emotional but, and physical, I guess. Well, not physical. Emotional and spiritual. It's like 95% emotional. Yeah. 2% mm-hmm. physical because sometimes I'm just wearing all dark clothing. And you're very tiny. Yeah. I'm, very I'm, tiny. I'm, I'm a very small man. <laughs> I used to be average, but then they upped the size of clothing. And uh, I've gone down from a medium to a small and everything. At what age did you, have you, did you find out when you, I, I, I met with my, my pediatrician actually. Uh, Your who, pediatrician? Who became, I guess, by, by extension, my regular doctor because I went to go see him for a follow-up, I guess, examination when I was 19 or 20 or so. He, but he was always my childhood doctor. And he said to me, oh, you know, you stopped growing in seventh grade. I'm like, that's weird. Most people are, you hear about these growth spurts that you get during your teenage years and some people even into their 20s. Did you also, were you roughly the same size when you were in middle school, high school too? Or did you also, did you, did you, were you shorter than this? Did you get a second growth spurt? I was definitely shorter than this at yeah. one point. Yeah. Um, I think once I reached high school, that's when I stopped growing. Yeah. But too. I also, so I also knew kids who were my height. Mm-hmm. And then I left high school and then I saw them in the wild and <sighs> they're like a head taller than me. Jesus. Or there was one kid I knew, David Carlson, really nice guy, really quiet, really polite. But he was, I was a head taller than him. Mm-hmm. He's like two and a half, two and a half heads taller than me now. You don't even deal with feet anymore. You're just. No he, heads, just heads. He is 16 heads, heads high. Yeah. He's 16 head, <laughs> heads high and about four stones or so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because we're mean, in the I, Middle Ages in England. I feel like the most jargony thing you could say is heads instead of feet. <laughs> <laughs> Just really throw people off, off the mark. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, that's sad. I think nutrition has a lot to do with it. Adam, how did how when did your growing stop? It's important we get this out of the way before we get into the meat of the show. Yeah, you know, I th- I think it was probably around sixteen, seventeen. Did you, so you didn't get a no because I was secondary. in football and I remember I remember like I was like very husky. Yeah, and they're like, oh no, you'll grow into it. I'm like. <laughs> no, some people just no. Don't. I'm 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 done growing. Thank you. I'm only growing out, not up. That's, yeah. so, that's okay. It's so sad. Yeah, some people. My brother Patrick, who was just a twerp, he got a secondary. I think he was the only one of us in our family who got a second. One of five. Don't feel bad for me. Uh, don't feel bad for me. Don't worry. Don't feel bad for me. There was less food to go around as as a result, but he got a secondary growth spurt. But, but because he, the reason he got for the secondary growth spurt is because yeah. he made really. He got really friendly and was essentially adopted from this one by this one family who and lived just like, fed. And just and fed more. who had like four children, so more food to go around. Uh, and they they were very wealthy, and they were like two streets over. And he like spent all of his time over there. And they were just they were the kind of family who would like just they would get pizza every night, chips, everything was fully stocked, and all the pay per views you want. 
And he was just over there all the time just feeding off. And he got a second growth spurt. So I right. think a lot of it has less to do with genetics, just as much to do with genetics as, as nutrition. Pizza and pay-per-view. Pizza and pay-per-view. Right? That's, that's, that's the real... That's the real moral of the story here. Yeah, that's right. Which is, I think, an, an excellent idea for the pizza and pay-per-view podcast. I think, I think that's called an yeah. ad hominem on, on Fallacy of Logic. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, gentlemen, we have reconvened. And unfortunately, we have some late breaking news. Today is Monday when we're recording the show. You're probably listening to the show on a Tuesday. And Solomon Grundy was born on a Wednesday. Was it a Tuesday or a Wednesday? I forget how, how it goes. Came up he was or, born on a Monday. God, I'm distracting myself. Stan Lee, I don't want to talk about it. Stan Lee has passed 95 years old passed today on veterans day how do you guys feel about what are your what were your initial feelings did you come to you know well don't don't let me color this what were your initial thoughts before i start to bias you with mine i i was definitely saddened Mm -hmm. um it was (laughs) good reaction thank you i was saddened as like a good person as a person who has feelings i was Ah. saddened i was um a little sorrowful yeah. Is that a word? Can I say that? Yeah. Right. Can you Great. say that? Can I say Great. it on the can show? I, can I say that? Did I make that word up? Uh, no. The thing was is that he was always, um, to me, less of a creator and more of just the face because I grew up in mm-hmm. the 90s and mm-hmm. the early 2000s, um, not really paying attention to who was writing things. So it was always just like, oh, yeah. Stan right. Lee is talking about X-Men and he's screaming Excelsior in my face. And I was wondering who this old man was. Yeah, Stanley, uh, of course, you know, he was, Cur- you know, uh, with Kirby and Stan Lee. There were a couple other big creators back in the Ditko. 60s. Ditko. Some of the big guys, you know, in the early ages of comics. You'll never have those characters again. You know, it's the way it works is he developed, co-created, made a lot of the, the characters over in Marvel that we know uh, today that are the, there are the temples over in Marvel. Yeah. And because they are so bad at creating new characters... And have it, having them become profitable, they just continue to lean on their old characters that Stanley created. So you're never going to see another Stanley because no one's going to be allowed to create a stable of characters, more than a stable of characters, because he, cre- he created the Fantastic Four, he created the X Men, he created uh, Spider Man. I mean, Black Panther. The list goes on. No one's going to be allowed to just be a creator of new characters, and those characters all take off. Well, it's it's very hard. You can't Espe- do it now. It's well, a different era. I mean, especially when Marvel like literally was the worst thing on the market. Right. There, there was a time when I think it was was it the nineties or probably earlier no earlier was it was it the sixties no it was um it was when they were starting to get flack I think it was the seventies early eighties or whatnot when they started to to get the or maybe it was sixties see so we're confusing different eras yeah when Marvel that. when Marvel hit no hit uh, rock no, bottom no it, it, there were rock I mean, bottom the, the there prob- were various yeah, times when there, it happened it was it was a roller coaster right yeah. so there's I remember there's one time yeah. I believe it was the sixties where Stanley was talking about an interview where he had to fire everybody except for him right. and Kirby. Because it was it was not profitable. Nobody was buying it. On top of the fact that they were getting huge pressure from the government. I think this was in the right. early sixties. Yeah, the, the comic book code. Yeah, no, no, which, not, not even the comic oh, book code. It was that. it was the it, this God, was, various. There are various no, no, like, and, layers of, of of things, hurdles that the comic book industry pitfalls that they had to endure. The, the comic book code, the thing you're talking about. Yeah. He, uh, well, he started in 1939, and it right. was during the McCarthy era, um, pre pre McCarthy era era. They had the idea that, you know, um, you're corrupting the youth. Yes. And it was it was very similar to, you know, Plato, where all of a sudden, you know, he was he was being oh, hailed okay. as thinking of Plato, the yes, keep the, the, toy? the Plato the away toy? from the children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about the uh, the Greek Plato. So, oh, okay. the, uh, yeah. So like he was he was 
he was executed. He was sentenced to death because of corrupting of the youth. And so it's the same sort of thing, you know, and they, they, the comic book has been or the comic book industry has been yelled at for that. The only thing that took it away from the comic book industry was rap in the 80s, where rap started to become the new villain right. and comic books were no longer villainized. And the population well, who had rap grown and up drugs at that point. Right. You had the just you had the, the Reagans with just say no thing and rap and so at that point yeah, they really tipper, started to lose tipper gore tipper gore that lousy tipper she and gore. she she required to have um the explicit uh lyric advisory on cds yeah you know and so it was that that took it away from the mm-hmm. comic books and all of a sudden the people that grew up with comic books said sweet we no longer have to deal with this bs so cool we're gonna you know we're going to enjoy it and, and lavish it up and all of a sudden it started to take on a new um a new world of mythos you know, where they said, well, actually, this is a legitimate art because not only has it been around for so long, but it's it's taking on um, the breadth and depth of like Joseph Campbell's work and the modern mythology right. and all that other stuff. But it took a long time to really get that appreciation of the art form. Oh, right? So when so when Stan Lee was making these characters, you know, back in the 60s or so when Marvel was really in its infancy, you just had a newly introduced uh, comic book authority uh, stamp being put on every single title, which made it incredibly difficult to tell compelling stories because just they disallowed you from really doing anything interesting with characters, villains, really telling a nice story. But at this time, you know, he was able to uh, to to really hit the ground running with these characters in the X-Men. But right, there are ups and downs over at Marvel with Stan Lee, but he created this huge crop of characters that will outlive us all. What and- I found really interesting was that... Um- Stan Lee was not known for story. He would create the characters, right. give it to the artists. They would come up with the basic concept and the story plot, and then he would jump back in and he would do dialogue according to how the artist mm-hmm. shaped the story, which yeah. I, I find fascinating. That was the Marvel way yeah. of, of writing things, where it was a lot more, almost kind of like Ren and Stimpy-esque, where it was a lot more driven by the the artists than it was the writers. Mm-hmm. Right. So right, the the era you were talking about where he had essentially to lay off all of his his writers was right before he created, you know, your Spider-Man's, your uh, Fantastic Four, because they just implemented the, the comic book code at that point. And he he was able to in the in the face of great conflict, he was able to create all of these really iconic characters that are going to outlive us all at a very difficult time. And of course, then from that point, then the X-Men are introduced and they hit a snag in the 70s. Uh, Marvel comic as as well, but in the eighties, of course, things just took off, and and then they and then of course it's been well documented in the nineties. They essentially were on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah, but yeah, Stan Lee he created all these characters. Hasn't written a comic book in a very long time. Uh, he did a. I remember he, the last the, the thing that I can, that I can remember one of the the last things he wrote was sort of this what if kind of series where he took the, the mainstays over at DC Comics. And rewrote their origin story mm-hmm. and redesigned them uh, as if they were like Marvel characters. Uh, that was a, one of the last things that I recall him doing. But he hasn't really written comics in a very long time. But I mean, once you create Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Black Panther, and they're all like billion dollar temple characters. I mean, yeah, you, you, you don't have to do anything more. I, I mean, that was one of the things. It was definitely. Stanley was able to create characters that were able to over time become much more viable as social commentary Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. as well as 
connecting to readers of different races and yeah. different ages. That's right. And that was a thing that wasn't going on very well with DC. DC didn't really, all their sidekicks were the teenage hero. They were never the main hero. They were never the main right. person you're, you're going after. And then once Stan Lee wrote Peter Parker as Spider-Man, like yeah, a young adult, you yeah. know, high school kid who got bit by a spider. He's an everyman. And, and I think that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to create characters who were flawed, like everyday type of people like yeah. your Peter Parker's who are just regular people who have uh, they seem ridiculous now, of course, looking back at these characters. But at that time, that's how they perceived regular people as far as how they if they came into superpowers, how they would act, where. Over DC at that time, you just had these, ha ha, I'm a superhero and puff yeah, yeah. out my chest yeah. kind of thing and swing in in guys in gangster hats getting whopped in the face. So it's just, yeah, it was a very different take on comics. And of course, that's why it, it was an explosion at that time. Um, you had, you were in the silver age of comics and it was just an explosion and the and things that essentially the landscape had been just scorched with the comic book code. So he was in this, he was by himself, essentially, he was able to create the stable of characters and saved comics at that point because things were in dire straits as far as comic books in the, in the 50s and in the 60s or so before those characters were created. So and so they are these huge properties and he was 95 years old. So I've people I think were anticipating this for a little while. 95 is a, is a long time. Well, and I'm saying you've had you've had reports of the fact that, you know, he's yes. no longer doing public appearances. He's no longer signing. He's doing a whole bunch of other things. Right. He's pulling out of a lot of stuff. He's only doing small cameos. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's, he's in a, he's in assisted living. All yeah. this, so, I mean, it was, it's sad. Yeah. Right. And it's the passing of an era. But in addition to that, I think it's been a, a, at least six months to almost a year coming of just like, you know, this is, this is going to happen. I mean, 95 and any, anyone, Anyone oh, yeah. who's who's ninety five, you're like, oh, that was old. Yeah, like, there, there's never but a time where you're so like vibrant, you know, into his his nineties, eighties or so. That yeah, it all just sort of happened very quickly. Where it's he the power had a, of the mustache, yes, Sir Dwyer. <laughs> so he had quite quite a life, Stanley. If you go back and watch any of his documentaries, who do you think's uh, gonna play him in uh, the? The movie that's going to come out about his life. You think it's going to be Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> Probably. Sure. Get a Chris Hemsworth to go out there. Or do you think Chris Hemsworth can't lose the muscle tone? Any of the Chris's, I think you, the Chris's. Could, you could go and, and bring out there. I uh, and, and really I'd would like do to a see. A, I'd like to see Christian Bale lose all Christian that weight. Christian Bale is he a, an honorary Chris? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honorary as a Christian, is he I, an honorary member of the Chris yeah, Club? Yeah, no, he, he's a secondary member. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see him get down to his machinist weight. Yeah, and go back and play ah, Stanley like that i like that uh so one thing i actually have not researched but a thought that occurred to me is with the avengers 4 film coming um down the pike it's very soon i think most of the photography has been finished at this point he, he did his cameo and he did so he did they, do his they cameo. finished they finished his cameo so that'll be sad he, he yeah. apparently he was in the teen titans go movie oh was yeah he's you know he he crosses the, the the bureaucracy as far as the borders between what studio owns what properties at Marvel and he's he's done ca- I don't know if he did a cameo for Venom I don't know if he was in Venom it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me as I say it wouldn't surprise wouldn't me surprise me he did like a cameo in every single in most properties right yeah. he did one and in, in the Teen did Titans Go which is did, did he have oh wait, Teen Titans Go that's a DC one yeah, so that's yeah. interesting he yeah. would yeah. Yeah. well but he he basically was able to walk this this uh this well, other dimension I, over I, I think what it was is that you you look at all of those writers who came about mm-hmm. during that period and he was the last of 
it's like he's the last of the new gods. Like right. you, you look at them, and it's like Kirby's gone. Yep. Like all these other characters and all these other creators are right. gone because they are characters. They are characters upon themselves because they were so monumental and mm-hmm. laying the base work for everything. Right. And I think that that that's one of the things that's going to be hard. Like, and Stan Lee gets probably the most credit yeah. of that entire group. Yeah. And because he outlived them all, you know, he's had a chance. <laughs> I outlived all of yeah, them. Because <laughs> he was the last man standing. He he got a chance to propel his legacy forward into the 2000s, into the aughts, into the 2010s and so on, where I think, you know, Dicko died. Uh, how when did Dicko? What was, was uh but he seemed, you know, obviously he was a much more bigger personality and he outlived uh, the original creators in comics. But uh, very sad. It's going to be a very sad moment, of course. Yeah, Keith when Richards he, is still alive. Keith somehow. Richards somehow. What the hell is Keith the, Richards still doing yeah, alive? He's got to figure it out. I think it's formaldehyde. He's just been shooting himself full of formaldehyde. The devil doesn't want him. That's right. That's Maybe right. he is the devil. He stinks too much. Get him out of here. So you have that, of course, going on. So it's very sad, very sad passing up. Something that, you know, people anticipated for a little while with it, you know, with someone like, oh, every single time you see a Stanley cameo, is this the last one? And it's it's very sad. You know, obviously people don't live forever. And, you know, I, I don't need to tell you that. It's a person who is human and understands. Yeah, as someone you know, who mortality. is human. So uh, that's very sad. Um, another big thing as far as, you know, as far as these properties uh, that are continue to are going to continue to outlive us, the, the property factory that it just continues to churn the property IP butter. I'm, there's a transition here somewhere. It's a machine. It's a machine. Disney. Um, they announced some of the details, the name of their digital service. Yeah. Their, yes. their Netflix competitor that they're currently in the works of trying to get off the ground. A little bit of a different, a little bit of a different feeling regarding their launch as compared to the DC digital streaming service. Tell me, from Mr. not Dwyer. too long ago, people, Tell me. people are like, I'm not sure what is the appeal of a DC service, a DC streaming service, but with this Marvel one, they have so much to pull from. I honestly still don't know what the whole point of the DC streaming universe is, unless they create like, yeah. like twenty times more content in the next like four years. I think it's just basically. Might as well. <laughs> I think that was generally their thinking. They felt like they were yeah, just leaving money on the it. table uh, by not doing. But with Disney, they this was, I think, an inevitability that they were going to create a streaming service to rival. I don't think there was ever a point when it, where everyone's like, oh, man, this Warner Brothers, this DC. I don't know how much I know that they're tied into Warner Brothers, the DC streaming service. But then anyone was like, oh, man, this is this could be a Netflix killer right here. Disney Plus, which is the name of the service. I don't think anyone truly thought that. I think everyone at Warner Brothers was like, we're going to do it, guys. We're going to do it. And they they flipped the switch, and it was just yeah. a giant on switch, and then uh, nothing is, happened. This is nothing a very happened. different feeling. This has a very different feeling with, uh, with Disney Plus, which is the name of the service, and already there are original properties being developed. So yeah, Loki is getting his own original series, and of course, the original actor of the MCU and this digital service. So this exists all in the same universe. So Disney and Marvel, they're taking this very seriously there of course you you heard that there was going to be this um mandalorian uh, yep. series with one of the um the bounty hunter characters uh, the man yeah the and and on top of it you know one of the facts you know running it yes john favreau john favreau yes of indeed. all the people so he's Iron Man director it. yeah and writer looks cool yeah we got some original shots uh some initial shots of what the armor looks like for one of the the fets is it what what is the is it Django Bava Rovo Fett? What no is idea, the, not a clue. This takes place uh, as far as when it's said. It's 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 after it's 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 some point in the timeline. Trust us. It's there's this takes place at some point in the timeline. So <laughs> yeah, sure. No, at that's some great. point in time, the universe that's, exists. That I think is great. 
So there, <laughs> obviously there's that going on. And there was the announcement that they're going to be doing a Rogue One spinoff, which uh, follows yep. one of the characters, one of the main characters from Rogue One. The that captain. That captain character, um, the rebel spy. Is that Benicio Del Toro? Cassian no. Andor. No. Cassian, Cassian Andor, Andor is going to. I, I don't watch it. It's going to be using. Just, he's going to be reprising part of the, the role. Group. That's all. They all died, but I guess this takes place prior to that. Right. So everyone loves a prequel. Oh, yeah. Loves a, a good prequel. So, yeah, get I ready mean, for that. I'm excited in the sense that this would be a, a Netflix mm-hmm. killer. Um, like, I think this is really going to con- this is really going to put Hulu, Netflix, Amazon all on their all on all, check, all on their toes. Yeah. Because as far as I know, Marvel's just going to they're just going to start pulling that stuff off. Oh, sure, sure. Like, and they DC have still too, has yeah. their channel, but they still mm-hmm. have Amazon. Like, you can go on Amazon yeah. Prime and watch DC. But I think Disney is so, I think, confident oh, they in trying care. to go all in. Like, you know what? They people don't are care. Gonna, yeah, if people... I think... This is, well, this is essentially, why would you want to loan out your stuff? If yeah. you're trying to become exactly. a Netflix competitor, you need to have stuff in Netflix, well, exclusive I, things in Netflix. I think that Disney going into this will be mm-hmm. the Amazon... of streaming services for movies in the sense that Amazon didn't care if they lost a million dollars on babies on uh, diapers.com. They didn't care if they lost that money. (laughs) They didn't care if they lost that money. They wanted that that. name. So I think Netflix will uh, put a lot of investment. Yeah, I think Disney Disney plus. I think Disney will. They'll take the hit. They may just go after whoever they have to go. I think they're going to start cutting ties with all of those companies like why should we yeah I, I i think they have the cash to burn i think they have the resources to do it i think they're going to start slicing throats and burning bridges adam you're you're more of our our disney expert on the panel here <laughs> do you know yeah. what they're doing with with their backlog of from, disney movies from what i've heard is that it's um they have contracts until 2020 with different services okay mm-hmm. after that they're not they're they haven't been renew they haven't been starting any new contracts and they're right. not going to renew any contracts mm-hmm. um, for what I understand it will be like a, a one-off here or there on very popular movies right um, but they're, they're not gonna not, be cold like, but, like you get nothing no i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised i mean bob Iger, who's the ceo he's 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 a brilliant man well especially too if you have you know some of the the less popular ones or 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 so you know you, you might have all of them but if it's one thing to like have them all in one service but if you're not be able to to monetize some of if you're leaving money on the table by not right. monetizing some of them like not like right. letting disney giving, not like netflix pay you for yeah maybe no, no. A couple i think of them. i think that's exactly what's gonna happen i think netflix yeah. will definitely shell out the cash yeah thing with hulu and amazon they will shell out the cash to get like avengers 4 right? or freaky friday or freaky, or freaky friday, friday. <laughs> sure well, speaking of that one of course now disney plus they're they're doing a, a monster friday. yeah they're doing a freaky friday revival they're also doing a monster's uh dot ink uh, which yeah, is not monsters, one yeah monsters, yeah, monsters inc. Inc. is not one i've ever seen so they're doing a, a, a high school version of that they're also doing a but, high school musical yeah. revival yeah they, they were because they were doing because um, monsters inc university sad. or yeah. monsters <laughs> university did well yeah, yeah. It, did, it didn't do great enough to do a three but it, but did, it was okay but yeah but it did enough to because uh, all of them um you know how DreamWorks has been any movie that they put out, they they push out a uh, cartoon version yes. of it yeah. uh, to Netflix, yes. Baby, Baby Boss, um, Home, stuff like that. 
Uh, the, it's the same sort of deal that Disney's sort of putting mm-hmm. together, saying, okay, any any movie that we have that that meets a certain gross right. with regards to to monetization, we're going to be able to throw on a small kitty thing, and we're going to put that into our Disney Junior profile for it, Disney Plus. It takes you back, though. It takes you back to, <laughs> so like the, to the Saturday morning cartoon time where right. you have the big property that come out would come out of the movies, and the, you'd you'd have the crappier uh, cartoon version, what, like, like Aladdin, like a. Yeah, or, like or a the Buzz Lightyear one, or the Buzz Lightyear one, or Beetlejuice, or right. any. What was Beetlejuice? Steve yes. Disney. Oh yes. Oh no, no it no, wasn't no, Disney. No. But I'm talking about like you'd have a big movie oh, yeah, and they yeah, do yeah, a crappy, yeah. like really quick that really yeah. had nothing to do with nothing the movie. At all. It was ter- it, it was just a other cash than the grab. property. Yeah, it was a huge like right. cartoon Saturday morning cartoon. Like they did, they had a Back to the Future one. Yep. Remember oh, that did one? They really? Yep. They had a Back to the Future one. Saturday morning cartoon. I remember they had a mask one. So that was awful. So it takes you back. They had a. Uh, a Men in Black one. Yeah, that, that I did. I actually like that. I think I thought that was good. Saturday morning cartoons, though. But I mean, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, of course. extreme amazing. Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. And then the well, extreme there, there, one. There were like four or five yeah. different. It was Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Junior, and then it was Extreme oh, Ghostbusters. And it takes it you back though. The new Ghostbusters. I remember yeah. watching Ghostbusters Extreme like super early in the morning because I'd be like, I'll wake up that my older brother. That's not what it, that was. Uh, what was what's what network was that? Ghostbusters. That was like UPN. Oh, okay, okay. That was like UPN, and they'd play Max Steel too. Oh boy. Yeah, I remember Max Steel, the the three D version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Then oh. Max Steel, and I'd just be like eating popcorn, like, oh, this is great. I love this. Yeah, it's hating my life. Yeah, it's uh, so it takes me back to that era, of course, where you'd have the cheap knockoffs that they would uh, they just kind of throw out there on Saturday morning just to make a quick, ca- quick uh, bunch of cash. Yeah. Uh, so that's neat. It's neat that that uh, Disney is now going down that avenue, similar to DreamWorks. Speaking of DreamWorks, really quick, I did. It, it will will segue into what I want to talk about next. Uh, it's a quick jumping off point. DreamWorks, I guess, is going to be doing. They're going to be making the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. DreamWorks, which I'm, uh, yeah, I feel like you could find a better studio for DreamWorks. I, I don't, I think, I do I think not that's care a perfect for, one. You think so? I do. I don't I, care. I don't care for DreamWorks. Really? really? I don't know if I've liked very many of their movies. They all just seem cheap. Shrek. Uh, was that DreamWorks? Yeah. All right. Well, Shrek was fine. R- was Wreck-It Ralph DreamWorks? No, no that's Disney. Pixar. Yeah. Oh, Pixar. Disney. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you got the money. Nintendo yeah. doesn't need the help, but whatever. I just think it like. I do you think there's going to be a lot of callbacks to the the, the live action? I hope not. Well, the, the director. <laughs> I, I want Mario Mario to be in canon. <laughs> I'm Mario Mario. That's Luigi Mario. The, the oh, director that for that's going to be doing the Super Mario Brothers animated thing over at DreamWorks. He said, actually, he addressed the fact that he's like, it's actually good that there isn't a movie that was made that preceded this one that was well received that the 1993 one or whatever, whatever year came out and was so bad. I have a clean slate. No one has. Yeah, any it, it's, it's anywhere but up. Yeah. Nobody, yeah nowhere nobody, but wants, up. nobody wants anything to do with that. <laughs> so problem. it's a, it, he's like, actually, it, it, so they address that, that the, the 1993 one they address and they, they'll probably do a call back to because they it jokingly, they, they respect the fact that it did exist. <laughs> and, and it's, it's long overdue to do a, they have God, think it, of all is, the, it is, it is. It's and long I'm, overdue. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do on when the when the um mario came out for the wii right like i figured that would have been the prime time. wait mm-hmm. dreamworks did the the rabbits show right on nickelodeon uh what, what's the rabbit show it's off that game where it's just like a bunch of weird rabbits yes just, yes okay yeah okay. See, and they, they, they've done madagascar they've yeah. done shrek yeah. they've done they did uh well illumination did spickle me but i think illumination's under dreamworks now mm-hmm. yeah but i i think doing anything well, that's who's making it actually. Illumination, the one, the uh, studio that's doing Despicable Me, 
um, that's who's making this okay. one. Yeah, yeah I think I think going to any higher up, like any higher grade, mm-hmm. would just ruin it because like it's a weird guy with a huge mustache. Like you should keep it as ridiculous as possible. I think yep. it's just it, you have to be very. I think you have to be very careful because you don't you want to keep it. Do it, you it, want the internet to sexualize? Princess Peach even more than it does already. You send it to the people that did Incredibles too, and you're going to see a bunch of screenshots of just a butt. I just get nervous that this turns into less of a self-contained Mario story and more like, hey, let's have Mario mix, you know, mixing it up with other pop culture characters just because we can, like Wreck-It Ralph I mean, maybe. breaks the internet. It's very possible. I feel like that, I, I hope it's more of a self-contained story, but I wonder if that's what people want or if they really do want Mario mixing it up with like other characters on screen because he's finally See, I, I don't know, because Illumination does a really good job of having hit spinoffs, right? So mm-hmm. you have you have Madagascar and then you have Madagascar 1, 2, and 3, and then you also have the Penguins. And same thing with um, Despicable Me, Despicable Me 1, 2, 3, and you have the Minions movie, which they're doing in Minions too. So... I mean, they're they're doing they they know how to how to create the 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 main plus side characters. Yeah, right. they know to how to beat it. a dead horse. So, sure. <laughs> so I, I feel like I feel like they they okay. should be able to handle because there's there's a lot of lore to um, Mario. Oh, sure, absolutely. Oh man, there's there, huge story. There's there. there's the games, then there's the comics, right? And then there's the cartoons. I just hope that they don't do the trap that they got into in the 1993 live action one where like Mario Mario well he says I'm a, I'm a regular guy in a real world oh no I'm getting sucked into a game I hope they just live in this already this this made <laughs> world that Mario lives in he's like he doesn't exist in this other thing and suddenly he's he's in the uh the the mushroom kingdom I think I want him to right. already live there and I mean I, 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 I think there. that's exact I think that's what they're going to do where he already yeah. lives in that world yeah. because the whole reason I think why they did that in the original is like well, we're going to put live action humans doing yeah. weird Mario stuff. Let's just you make it just, weird. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they did that with the animation also, where it was mm-hmm. a live action human. They got sucked down the drain and then they turned into cartoons. Yeah. Is that really how that works? Oh, you're I'm, talking about the, the, the Mar- Super Mario Super Show. Yes. Yes. Which is actually a basis for what this show is called. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. Super, I just love the term Super Show. It, it's pointless. <laughs> but you put the word Super in front of Super Show and that's just... Uh, this is issue 175 and I've, I've just revealed that for the very first time. And also SmackDown, uh, the wrestling show, was calling uh, for a little while when they would... When the brand extension, oh boy, I'm getting too much of the weeds here. When the brand extension was breaking down, so originally they had two rosters. They had a Raw roster. They had they had a SmackDown roster. That yeah. On a separate night, when the the brand extension and the rosters started breaking down, and all the wrestlers would appear in like both shows, they started calling those those SmackDown SmackDown Super Shows, and they just that just continued. I'm like, oh, I just you know, there's something to it. It's a pointless little marketing, like a little word, extra word, but it just it sounds grander. And it brings you back to the Super <laughs> It Mario sounds Super like show. everyone's trying to polish that turd. Yeah, ex- exactly right, exactly right. But you're right, that was not, they had uh, Captain Lou Alban- Albano and some yep. other weird guy. And I watched a little bit of it. My son got into it for a little while. It's on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix because they take things off at random. And but it was actually a pretty well done show um, for the time. The car, the the live action crap is really bad. It's very bad. Oh comedy. yeah, it's very cheesy. But the cartoon was actually really thoughtfully done, very respectfully done. Of the, they took Mario very like it was very tasteful. I thought the the cartoon element of it. It was always shorter than it needed to be. <laughs> they did way too much live action, but it was probably a lot easier to just have that 
that set with Mario, yes. with Captain Lou Albano and wh- whatever celebrity they'd have in one week. It, whatever from Charles in Charge. The I one say, <laughs> it, was, it was literally filmed in a basement. Yeah, it was. It was, it was the, the, the live action was like somebody's basement side with a whole bunch of lights put on it. Right. And they were just like, it was like a really the bad. The cheapest thing ever. Right. It was, it was, it <laughs> you know, looking at it now, I'm like, oh, that's just a reused porn set. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. the back. Of, it was the back of a, a sex shop. <laughs> right. They just kind of like put new drapes up. And that's it. Yeah, and you have Captain Lou Albano, who is, you know, the if they ever did a, a Ron Jeremy type of uh, documentary movie kind of a thing, he would play his father in it or right. an older Ron Jeremy, Captain Lou Albano. So they have they look very much like Captain Lou Albano. Do you know who Captain Lou Albano? Is? No, oh, it's fine. You're looking at me just like, who is yeah, this? this whole time? I'm like, what? Google. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Google. It's, Google. Uh, so that's exciting news. And also another movie that we saw a teaser for is Toy Story 4. We saw a poster. We saw a teaser. Yeah, I mean, I don't. They haven't revealed a lot. People get disappointed I, by teasers with teasers. You have to go back to what the name is. I'm slightly, it's a tease. It's I'm slightly just a tease. let down by how extensive right. this Toy Story universe has become. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Toy Story 3 wasn't that bad. But it's just like... <gasps> how it, uh, you're going to get a lot of fan mail. <laughs> like it, it was okay. You're going to get a lot of hate mail for that. It was okay. It was fine. It was fine. But I, w- I would much rather have a, another Up type of movie mm-hmm. as opposed to a fourth Toy Story. I don't think it's... Re- Personally, right, I agree. I... Don't think it's necessary to do a fourth one, but it's a huge franchise, and I think there's a lot of demand for it still. And they're like, "How does Tom Hanks still get paid?" All oh, right, Toy Story. Hey, yeah. you guys want to do another Toy Story? I was like, "Sure." And you know, it's a big franchise, and the, and the third one was very good. And you know super what? Super depressing. If you're able, yeah, super depressing. And this one, I'm. I think people. I, if this is the last last one, I'm fine with it's, that. It's it's never until Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks' brother die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna keep going. I don't know. I think this is. I they'll do spinoffs. I think from here, but I think this is. I think. Well, they do. They do those the little spinoffs, one. like they do the Halloween one. Right. Right. So it's like that's kind of cute. Oh, I'm sure they they really wanted to do a, a fine another one, and I think hopefully this one they'll stick to it. Will be the last one, and you know, really kind of go off uh, into the sunset. But they did the teaser, and you had all of the the characters kind of holding hands and doing kind of like a ring around the rosy type of thing, and. Um, you got me because they revealed <laughs> you Forky. got me Re- they revealed that forky character have you guys seen the, te- the, the teaser no no wow <laughs> all right fine i'm the only one uh they all right so there's a character called forky yeah um, is it a who, fork it, which i'm like all right cool it's something they haven't done before it is a he somehow becomes part of the gang of course it's a tease that they don't show how like how he's part of the gang i'm hoping this turns into like a weird satanistic he's, ritual he's just a fork <laughs> with like um, with like string and like that those like little tie things those little um those little uh, is it the fuzzy thing fuzzy stuff that yeah you tie yeah, to yeah. Arms i know what you're talking about but like, i he's just a fork with like little sticky things on him and he's like i'm not a toy <laughs> 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 he's just freaked out and he's because <laughs> he's not a toy he's just a fork with like that little stuff on him to make him look like a toy so i'm i'm on board i'm on board I'm like i thought this this movie was pointless and needless um i understand it was just uh, for me just like a a on a cash grip i don't want to say unnecessary because there's still a lot of demand but you know what you got me forky seems like an intriguing character I'm are you gonna board. be forky for, for yes. like christmas yes you're gonna instead of santa you're gonna dress up as forky i love you're gonna forky. come down and stories gonna be like ah you're like i'm santa i'm not santa i love minimalistic <laughs> characters like clippy forky any character just oh, with like little eyeballs do you, on do them. you think they all drink at the same bar yes they have to after have to. A, after their terrible days at work but there's a but another launch pad. Another thing we got to see today. A, a lot quack. of a lot of trailers. <laughs> which, which one? 
Launchpad McQuack? Yes, which actually I'll get to that oh. in a second. Um, another Launchpad McQuack uh, <laughs> is the, another trailer that they dropped today. A full trailer, this one. This one is not a teaser. Yeah. For Detective Pikachu. Did you watch We've it? We've heard about this one. Oh, yeah. Detective Pikachu. Okay. It, they finally get, we finally got a full, a full trailer today. Ryan Reynolds is going to be voicing Pikachu. Yeah. And I love it. I, I'm like, I actually might see that movie in the theater. My son loves, he Pika likes, Pika. I, I say I'm actually, uh, he doesn't love Pokemon. I'm not, I'm not pushing on him that much, but he likes Pokemon. You're, but you're pressing it. You're I, pressing it. Like a, like a, like a ripe, like, like a ripe orange. You're just kind of squeezing it just a little bit. I, I want to be very careful, but he likes Pokemon. I, it looks very interesting. I Ryan mean, Reynolds is, I'm excited, is but I do wish they got someone who was gruffer. Like, mm. um, like voice wise, like I wish that Detective Pikachu was kind of like a hard boiled Tom detective. Waits. Tom, Waits. Uh, yeah, no, I think Tom Waits. Tom Waits died, right? No, no. Tom, Tom Waits still alive? Yeah. yeah. Oh, what did they? Why didn't they cast him? Is, is he, I don't know. I don't know. That's too bad. Um, or the guy or Negan, the guy who plays Negan from The Walking Dead. Imagine right. that as yeah. as Pikachu. Like he's just like, uh gotta take my coffee. Or the Rock. No, <laughs> I think the Rock, the Rock, the Rock did great as uh, Maui and uh, Moana, right? I yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He's uh he's he's got some good acting chops. But Ryan Reynolds, of course, uh, is the voice of Pikachu, and he's obviously he's just comedy gold. His, I want his, Tommy, his comedy timing is fantastic. Um, essentially, the premise is that I, I haven't been paying too close attention. I will, of course, admit that there. As far as what detective pikachu is it, it, no, no no it's exactly what you think but it, it is it, it's literally yeah. a pikachu who finds someone who somehow understands him yeah and they speak the same language yeah yeah so right. he, he and that's it like that's that's, that's it. really cool i like that and the whole detectives. world yeah and they're detectives i like that the whole world only hears him saying pika pika yeah but only so he finds a character who is a a failed pokemon trainer right whose father was a detective and he wants nothing to do with his his father or his legacy or anything like that and pikachu finds him and he can understand him in the voice of, of ryan reynolds yeah uh, as opposed to Pika Pika. So, and it's, it, it go, they go off in a little, a little gritty adventure. It's like Pokemon living in the real world, but done better than the Mario's, the Super Mario Brother yeah, 1993. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited because this I'm is really going to help push the sales for my uh, Pokemon, yes. like gritty detective, like true detective sort of story I've been typing up for years. Yes. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, now it's, you can sell it. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really going to push that through. I like it. It's I got like, like it. a whole bunch of weird things you might going have to in. Remove the sexual stuff, though. Yeah, I can't. That's what makes it truly gritty. <laughs> so you're looking at May 2019 for this to hit theaters. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm on board. I saw the trailer and you got me. Uh, so a good trailer can really go a long way, of course, as we've discovered today on this uh, Super Friends Super Show edition. And yeah, so uh, Pikachu, I love Pokemon. Pokemon Go got me back on board. I did a bunch of the uh, played a bunch of the games. Have you guys ever heard of like Nuzlocke challenges with no. Pokemon games? So I got into that for like a year or two. You, but, you, you fell into it. But fell in hard deep. to do. Uh, essentially Nuzlocke challenges are you play Pokemon and when you enter a region you, you have to capture it well you only get an opportunity to capture with the first Pokemon in the region and if you don't capture it you don't get a Pokemon for the region and there's like dupa clauses or something where if you already have that Pokemon you get at least two tries to get a, another Pokemon in the region and so that that way you, and you have to name all of your Pokemon you following this you have to name all of your Pokemon. I'm trying to no. And so it, it, it creates uh, stronger ties between the Pokemon you catch as opposed to just trying to catch the best ones, catch them all. Yeah. Um, there's a better sense of team unity. I which wonder. Is great. But it also it's permadeath. So if a character dies, if a Pokemon dies in battle, you can't use healing items in battle aside from like little berries you can give it, um, which have assigned like triggers. Um, 
you can't use potions. You can't use any type of antidotes in battle. So if a Pokemon dies in battle, that's it. I'm curious if in the movie they're, they're ever to gonna touch on the uh, animal fighting aspect of what Pokemon is. No, that whole universe breaks down if you do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like everyone's gonna be like, Pokemon and us are really good no. friends, and there's gonna be 17 cracked articles. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't. I, the whole entire universe <laughs> is just a very delicate, you know, tower of cards. And if you mention the whole, if you get into the to the animal fighting aspect of it, it just topples. There's going to be one small boy who's like, why aren't they fighting? Oh, well, no. we can't show that, Timmy. Yeah, the whole entire thing falls apart if you, if you yeah. acknowledge with that one aspect. Similar to pro wrestling. Pro wrestling, you can <laughs> blur the lines between reality and fake and stuff like that. But once you start to get the characters themselves, once you portray them in a light where they know they're in, a, a a work of fiction the whole thing just falls apart i think that'd be i think that'd be hilarious if there was just like a weird john malkovich character yeah. like i guess that's kind of gold that's dusty. the one thing you can't do you, you can't acknowledge a character can't realize that he's in a work of fiction wrestling so they, i mean in certain like certain genres and certain like types of things there is just one linchpin that holds the entire universe together and with pokemon of course it is they can't acknowledge that the the animals are fighting for, f- and they don't like it. What if, what if One Punch Man, the second season, was just him being John Malkovich, or the the um oh, the Truman Show, and mm. he's trying to like punch his way out of that fake universe they have, but he can't do it. Could See, be. I, I, th- I think it'd just be a lot funnier if you had like Michael Vick as one of the trainers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he has a cameo, and every like everyone, he's just in the back though. He's just in the back, like no one says anything. He it's uncredited, but like the keen right. eye, the keen eye right. finds it. It'd be it, it would be it would be tragic, and yet quietly ironic. There, there, it's gonna just be you in a whole theater, and you're gonna see that, and nothing's going on. They're just walking through. You're just gonna be ha. <laughs> That's it. That's a small it. tear going down my eye. <laughs> so a lot of uh, interesting things, of course, dropping today, this past weekend, as far as upcoming things. A lot to get excited about as far as these animated properties, information on the Marvel Plus network. But one thing, actually, that's coming down down the pike is HBO, as we've uh, already reported on the show, is doing a Watchmen series of their own. Yep. Yeah. And they just announced this past weekend that Jeremy Irons is going to be playing a uh, Asmandius, Dr. Um, Osmondius character. What's it? Is, is he a doctor? Dr. I, mean, I I think at that point when you're naming yourself as a supervillain yeah. or superhero, you just kind of give yourself any accreditation you really want. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not like it's a PhD or an MD here. Yeah, I mean, that's just like is Doc did, did Doctor Doom ever really finish college? That's like, a great question. Like he was mangled. I mean, Doctor Ock had what seven seven PhDs? He did. He did. And look what he did. No good for no one. So Os- he's been cast as a, as Osmondius and great. Os- how do you pronounce it? Osmondius? 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 God, that's a hard word. You know what? Just you choose you. You choose whatever one you want. Which further instills that they are going to be acknowledging the past of Watchmen. Well, and this is, takes place like 40 years later. Is it, is it supposed to be after? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you, has, you have Osmondius and he is jeremy irons this age i mean i honestly really love what they were what they did with doomsday clock where mm-hmm. it was like yeah this all happened it's like 20 15, 15 20 the years later is a little cl- yeah it's a little tighter so for those of you who are following the comic book sequel quote unquote of i think it's a, i think Watchmen. it's a, i think it's the truest sequel that's oh, gonna great, like great. get them out of whatever problems they have the way that works is the this 
this is set in the Watchmen universe only like a decade or so after, where this one in the HBO version, this is going to be set like 40 years after. So that really, but I think they really want to still stay in the Watchmen universe, but have like kind of a good, just clear, um, a, a clean slate to kind of work off where yeah. it takes place 30, 40 years later. So you, you can still draw back to all of the past over in the Watchmen universe, but you're not tied or anchored by it. So, you, But it's interesting they have Osmandius. You wonder what he's going to be doing 40 years later in this particular universe in the Watchmen. He's going to be petting that cat a lot. A lot. A lot. He's going to be, what is that, like the seventh clone of that cat, I'm sure, at that point? Oh, yeah, probably. It starts to really break down genetically on like the seventh one. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. God, oh, just the allergies. I can only imagine. Oh, so, the so bad. So bad. So bad. So that's great. I think that's a, a wonderful casting. I, oh, I had an idea as far as who would have been a better casting. Uh, at that age. Oh, I was thinking actually who would have been a, a better casting than Jeremy Irons? Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson? <laughs> Damn. Usually I, I feel like you. I feel like the comedian uh, Liam Neeson as as the comedian would have been great. Okay. Okay. Um, the actor who plays uh, if you guys ever watched uh, Mad Men who play Oh, and also he plays um, Tony Stark's father in the MCU. Oh, that Silver Fox? Yeah, that Silver Fox character who played uh, uh, Silverman um, in that's is it Silverman and whatever his name was in in Mad Men the yeah. guy the white haired guy the yeah, skinny yeah, yeah. I know you're talking I about. think he would have been perfect for a seventy year old uh, Osmandius character as opposed to Jeremy but Arnold. he's not intimidating though in any sure, shape he, or well, form he, I think he could probably and he's play a comedian he well he is a comedian but he's also I think uh, very he's a very good actor and I think no he he's could, a great actor I think he he. Uh, he brings a lot of charisma to a role, and he demands a lot of attention. I think he he looks perfect. I, I could really picture him as being... I mean, he definitely encapsulates the kind of... Um, elegance that you kind of uh, think that Osmandius... Yes. Well, they, that's Osmandius. He is a very, very pompous, I'm the smartest man in the world, and I know it, evil genius kind of guy Yeah. who has an elegance about him where you don't kind of get that with Jeremy Irons. No. Jeremy Irons does not have an Jeremy elegance Irons is, to him. Jeremy Irons is one of those guys that looks like, like on a day that he doesn't shave, he looks like he's been drinking for 40 yes, days. that's exactly right. That's like, exactly right. I, I definitely think that that's, that's, it, that's a proven thing that they want to do. They want to go for right. someone who looks slightly disheveled, someone who looks like they can play a character who's lost it all. Because that's exactly what would have happened to Osmandius. Right. Is that so, he lost it all. So that teases in this universe that this is probably this Osmandius is not someone who is not high in the hog. This yeah, is a probably. person who is probably in hiding, who has been in hiding for the last 30, 40 years, yeah. who's got who's really kind of living a pretty tough life at this point after what he did. And we all know what he did. No. Nope. No, it, you're <laughs> you're an Osmandius denier. It was aliens. He didn't do it. Didn't he didn't do it. Didn't was do aliens. It. Yeah. So yeah, so that's it's interesting. I, I like Jeremy Irons and I like that they are gonna be reprising that character in the series. You have my attention now, HBO. So that's a very exciting. Uh Adam, you had some other things you wanted to other business to Well, I I just I just love the idea that um so Archie, the comics, yes. right? Archie is having a Batman crossover, which my new obsession is the chilling adventures of Sabrina, the teenage witch, which I adore. And that has so this a, is a live action version. Now. Yeah, it's a okay. live action right. on Netflix. I've heard about this, of yeah. course. And amazing. Awesome. But they have a they have a crossover. It's it's shared. It's a shared universe with um, Riverdale, which is also a Netflix original. And it's about sort of a darker turn to the Archie Jughead 
Yeah, so comics. This, so this live action Netflix series plays within that Riverdale live action Correct. show. Yeah. Okay, so the, they the, share the same space. Yeah, well, they, they share the same universe, but they only mention like Riverdale oh, okay. like as, as a as a town. So over. could these characters, these actors who in, in the Riverdale show and in the Sabrina show, could they cross over and do or they? That was the, the original plan. Because the Netflix CW wall. No, so, so that no. was the that was the original plan. Right. But apparently, from what I heard, I don't know if this is true, Shitty. Adam, but correct me if I'm wrong. That it was too scary. Uh, yes, for the for, the C, for CW, they're okay. like we we can't do that. Yeah. Well, it was okay. it was too, and it's not it's it dealt with very adult topics, definitely, and it, and it, and it dealt with adult topics in a very normal way. And I'm not I'm not saying normal as in like oh yeah that's what happens, but like you know yeah hell Satan. Yeah, you know, and, and it was it was like it well, was like what's like up? A, you know, it's it like was a witch. There's witch. There is uh, sorcery and witches and stuff, and yeah. that's in real life rooted in Satanism, occultism. Don't get me in on this, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't you rope me in? Well, it's no, not, no. There's, yeah. I mean, in in the Sabrina the Teenage Witch, it's it's all about satanic witches and yeah. the dark book, which it's not completely true. I mean, there's right. a lot to it if you want to go into the mythos, but the um, this one they do really well. But the thing that I kind of wonder is that if they're going to have some sort of crossover, which they may or may not, Yeah, you know, I mean, granted, Sabrina may not jump over to Riverdale, but Riverdale may jump over to Sabrina. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but if Batman's going to Archie, what if Batman shows up in Sabrina? I mean, you have to remember that... <clears throat> In the Sabrina comics, right? She gets married to Cthulhu. Right. She has. You think, his, you think Cthulhu's like a soft lover? I, I don't doubt. I mean, he has many arms. It seems like he'd be <laughs> very kind. Are very, very moist. <laughs> yeah, moist. They, they might. Well, and see, that's the only issue on the suckers. There's yeah. a lot of hickeys, but I don't yeah, know. A lot of hickeys. Uh, yeah. But I mean, she she marries Cthulhu, and so uh, amongst other things. So I feel like, you know, if. If she's there in the comic book, why not? I, I'm just I'm spitballing well, also, here. You could spitballing. There is the potential for a crossover with the Sabrina uh, show, uh, sharing that same loosely sharing universe with the with the Riverdale CW show. Because on the CW, of course, you know already you have all those DC properties, right? And they are introducing. They've already introduced a Superman into that universe, and the one they really haven't introduced officially yet is batman but they're getting ready to roll out a batwoman show and there have been some pictures some things they've seen where some there's some actual there's a bat bat signal that doesn't look like a batwoman signal so there's the potential for batman to be in this universe so if they do that i think you could have your sabrina batman crossover i don't see why not i mean they're doing um elseworld with lois lane and superman right so i wouldn't you know and then that's going to be that's premiering in december with um with arrow and flash and then later supergirl so i wouldn't be surprised if you know again this is this is a very dark one but i i Considering the fact that this huge uh, this idea of always shared universe, shared universe, shared universe, right. I'm kind of curious if they don't say, "Hey, let's lend some um, credibility from one property to another, or have some fun mm-hmm. for our audience and fans." I mean, you, know? you could. So the J.H. Williams um, series that came out when he was working on it Batwoman. dealt with yeah on Batwoman dealt with a lot of occult. Right. So you could easily yeah, at easily that point, that. yeah, because it's very big into her character. Yeah, right? I, I don't see why that wouldn't be a natural thing. Right, they, they could definitely do. In that. CW, they've they have a history at this point of working with other networks. You have Constantine from the from NBC. Right. You have Supergirl from ABC or CBS, CBS uh, coming over and joining their CW stable of heroes, and you've already already have a loose tie in of Riverdale 
and Sabrina on Netflix already acknowledging each other as, as existing in the same universe. Right. So you could do a crossover of some kind. If, if Sabrina... I don't know. I'm not sure how that would what events would have to play out to allow that to happen. But I would say that there is a, a it's unlikely, but that chance I think is higher than zero. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> we ran the numbers, and that's our our, our uh, new segment of the show. We ran the numbers higher than one, higher, higher than, than one. one. <laughs> Adam comes up with a ridiculous scenario, and we determine what I'll the say, probability statistically is. Statistically speaking, yeah. one is a hundred percent. Just that's just right. saying, yeah. you're right. You know, Adam's got it. So there's a lot of that happening, of course. Uh, Adam, did you, you had another? Do you have another? No, story? no. I, I, there's you know just that um, Watchmen uh, is and All Star Superman is. Uh, right. added to the black label um with dark knight returns there's yeah. so many that they're i i'm i'm really i'm really curious to see this because it seems like it'll be a lot i don't of even fun. the I don't black even, label, label is it went from being like oh here's just our mature line yeah, of it, it, yeah. it went from being like an elseworld yeah. tale to just being now like it's, hey we're just going to republish all the things yeah. that you already own that's right so it's now they're republishing legacy titles like right. yeah. watchmen the dark knight and they're using it for in-continuity DC books that are maybe just a little bit more mature, like Jeff Johns' Three Jokers. That is going to be in the continuity, the mainline continuity over DC, but it's being published on the black uh, label. I mean, I'll be interested to see when that comes out, when they say this is in continuity. Mm-hmm. The Joker did X, Y, and Z. The I Batman think, did X, Y, oh, and Z. Oh, it is. It is in, this is in continuity. So I'll, no, I'll be excited to see how far they take yeah. it. Yeah, that's right. I think... So they're really using it. They're really kind of willy-nilly yeah. as far as how this black label is being used. I don't think they even know. And, you know, isn't that classic DC Warner Brothers right now? Really, it, is. I have <laughs> it really is. Defined ideas as far as how things work. So it's really, really interesting. God, DC, we really haven't had a good... Because essentially the, the universe, the DC extended universe is dead. So we haven't had a good... I feel like a large chunk of our shows in the past have just been about just trashing the DC Warner Brothers extended universe because but, they deserve but it. they're dead and so we haven't had a good trashing session in a while because there's nothing to trash right well, now and the, and the thing is I mean it's, it's funny I think that one of the things that I, I get so angry about at least if not you guys yeah is the fact that they have an amazing crossover universe with regards to like CW yeah. teen properties um you know teen go and so on and so forth or mm-hmm. uh, teen, teen titans Tango. yep um but here it is you know they can't get their act together for yeah. movies and it's like it's like guys why you obviously know the formula you know how to handle this yeah. and you can do it so why aren't you doing it for this hundred million dollar property that you have they just i, I think it's because they it. don't they don't view that they they view the cw shows as just that's tv yeah we're movies we'll take yeah we take chances on tv and but the movies they take themselves very serious and there's very little risk involved in those movies yeah. they just take they may, they've made very safe choices yeah with the uh, dc extended universe um rest in peace but the cw <laughs> r.i.p you know the the arrowverse is what they call it i guess on the cw even though flash is more popular whatever i won't get into i don't it. know it's not for this know. show they did you guys see that they revealed that they are going to be doing, I'm not sure how far they're going to go, but they're introducing elements of it. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, they're doing they a, a bit monitor. of that. They, they, yeah. they introduce one of the, the monitor character from the Crisis on Infinite Earths characters. So they've already introduced the multiverse right. as part of the CW-verse, but they've already introduced that there are multiple you know Earths, and now they've introduced a monitor from the DC Crisis on Infinite Earths big crom- comic book you know, crossover event from 1986. So he looks pretty accurate to his comic book, um, you know, perils and origin. So you wonder how far they're going to go with they've, it. I say they've also introduced um, Starman, 
yeah. with Opal City. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I, I'm curious to see. I mean, that that's an amazing storyline, right. which is so underutilized. And I, I'm curious to see if they say, you know what, let's see if we can't turn this into a, a larger issue. I yeah. honestly think what it is is that they view the CW as like, this is where comic book nerds go. Yeah. This is where they go. Yeah. But what we want to do in the movies is we want to get everyone. Yeah. Because ev- right. people who go to the Marvel movies do not always read comics. Yeah. They sure. thought that those Marvel movies were going to make the comic sales boom. It didn't happen. Yeah. So I think that's, I think DC has the opposite problem where they're like, people, we, yeah, these people have no patience for us. We have to hit them right out of the bat. We can't do a, a long form world building yeah, type of yeah. exercise. Yeah, we need to get every, we need to get as many people as possible, but also do everything that Marvel has been doing. Yeah, it's it, tough. That's it, it doesn't it work. And that's why I think that the long format version of TV has always been DC's best thing. So do you think they are going to, inter- I think they, I think they are eventually going to do it because once you've introduced a faithful looking monitor character who exists out in the bleed or whatever, whatever the, the whatever Grant Morrison, whatever the Grant Morrison like uh, terminology that they, that they use for the multiverse. Um, they are going to introduce an anti-monitor. Probably. I mean, I would actually love to see Grant Morrison just write one episode yeah. of any of those oh, shows. Geez. And to, um, cause like Kevin, Smith, then it can't be on the CW. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, Grant, we uh, cut out all the things that we couldn't air. He's like, Oh, that's great. <laughs> I say, what, what do you got and it's just like oh we got like two minutes of batman talking that's it i was just saying it, it, it would be like you know um grant morrison walks into the room and they say hey we'll pay you uh we'll pay you you know half a million dollars to write this episode oh yeah yeah i can do that and they're like okay let's go to the writer's room and they go in the writer's room and it's just like four censors sitting there <laughs> with him you know four four network censors be like right oh no i'm not gonna do this so i'm gonna go home now <laughs> Get a cash check, though. No problem there. Oh, no. He's totally going to cash that check. <laughs> but it's very interesting. CW, they really have a, a nice little sandbox right now. There's very... The stakes are very low, and they're able to do, to do and take more chances. Yeah, so, they're able to do whatever they want. So I'm curious to see how far they're going to take this, if they're actually going to do their own version of Crisis at Infinite Earths. I don't see With the Anti-Monitor not. and all those villains in, in Universe Erasing and in World... It's going to be... I'm curious to see how far they're going to go. So that's, that's cool, and uh, I'm currently not watching any of the uh, CW properties, but this is. At I've least never watched. Them. I was gonna say I've, I've I've never watched them either. I just I follow the news because I find that their yeah. storylines are awesome. I sure as hell don't have time to watch eight more, yeah, you lot. know, seasons of twenty two episodes on the CW. Of the Flash. Yeah, when it's when it's geared for like fourteen year old girls yes. and sixteen year old boys, and it's I'm pretty like, good. I can't but do yeah, it. but it it does appeal to a, a slightly younger group. It's still good quality television, but yeah. there's a lot of it. I'm. It, They've been able to do the Smallville thing, but just kind of like because they're yeah. able to share our universe and not make it feel like they're jumping a shark, they're yeah. able to just kind of push that a little farther. Because it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, of the CW. I just wish I had more time in my life to watch it. And yeah, so that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, God, uh, let's see what else is going on. I've been watching a little bit of Doctor Who, as I explained before the show. Um, mm-hmm. The new Doctor. The new Doctor Who. They're like the five or six episodes in. How um, dare you? She's a person. I'm not sure no, what I think of awesome. it. Um, I don't know about her character yet. I don't know if okay. I like her yet. No, that's fair. I and mean, I mean, Cald- Caldwell took a while to warm up too. Yeah, I like Caldwell kind of right off the bat though, because he had a penis. So, so did Matt Smith, in my opinion. You know, and Matt Smith, and he he turned it around to be like one of the better ones. I mean, he he's yeah. still high on the list for me. Him and Tenet, oh yeah, but Matt Smith, God, I'll tell you, Matt he Smith, took a while. he um, he, well, his his initial outing, his first episode for the Eleventh Doctor was a great episode. I think you have to admit. 
No, I agree. I agree with that. Because it was like 90% tenant. He, well, yeah, he was. <laughs> that's why. There was a certain charm about him. That's why. And of course, David Tennant was the best. And uh, Peter Capaldi, I thought, was really underrated. I think what failed him a lot was his stories. Was yeah, no, I agree. With, I agree. His, his stories, his stories, at which were none of his fault. Yeah, but although I would say his second season, uh, Peter Capaldi with Doctor Who was a very, very strong season. Third one, not so good. First one was sort of, it all came together at the end. A very, very, very strong it was finale. Slow though, but it was very it was slow. Pie- it was very piecemealed. That's yes. that, that was a. And you're right. Now, now I look back on it, it was purely stories because the the first season, it was. The first six to eight episodes, it was all piecemeal. I'm like, yeah. where's this going? This Where, has nothing to do with one like or the a, other. A little like thing at the end, a little, t- a little, um, a little uh, the, the boilerplate at the end with the mistress character, and they right. would build on that Small slowly, breadcrumb. slowly breadcrumb. I, I think that was just Moffat at the end of yeah. his, at the end of him writing, because he did that with uh smith like the mm-hmm. first season like you're just watching them go around and yep. be like very adventurous and it's like Where's these don't have yeah these have nothing to do with each other but like that was his thing that was he was like oh but don't you wait yeah don't you wait i got some got some things going because that's how he talks i <laughs> think and maybe, maybe that's why i didn't like matt smith initially also yeah wow so the many stories are all them. that could be but also moffat wrote for tenet too no, I know, I know, but I, again, it was it's. But you're right. I mean, both of them were very peaceful at the beginning. Tenant yeah. wasn't. Tenant was. Ten, Tenant had a solid story right off the yeah. bat. Yeah, right off the bat, Tenant was just like, "I'm here." I don't. That's that's a terrible Tenant. But I, I believe that with Matt Smith, you know, it obviously you know, people don't love Doctor Who talk, but <laughs> this show, I'm not sure how much crossover there is. But yeah, with Matt Smith, God, yeah, uh, his first season I thought was really strong because of the Rory and um, and and pond uh hold the whole entire love triangle there mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was very strong but um i i wonder where i it hasn't grabbed me yet the new doctor i don't think she is quite as charismatic or or as captivating as previous doctors i thought capaldi even had like a certain charm about him um that she just sort of has like her thing she's doing and i don't think she's it's only been a few episodes, right? I've only seen two, so I have See? an open mind. I have an open mind, of course. There you go. Um, and I love the fact that it is a female doctor. I mean, it's ridiculous that it it's it was taking so long. It, that it took so long, and that there are people who are upset about it. But I don't know. I don't love it so far. But also, it's a very it's a different showrunner, different director on this one, different doctor, whole new cast. Yeah. So it's very different, and I acknowledge that. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. Uh, what do you, what do you, what have you guys been into? What have you guys been up to? Sabrina. Sabrina. No, I, honestly, that's that's about it. Yeah, it's, that's it's, it. it. I mean, the the small smattering TV I get, I yeah. I really wanted to watch because it's it is the only TV series, and this was like I was also watching the the Haunting on House Hill, mm. right? So the um so they they did a wonderful adaption for that one, which was based off of the book, uh, by what's her name that did the lottery? I can't think of her name now. I don't know her name. Um, anyway, uh, famous author back in the sixties, but the um. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It is probably the only TV show out there that has a an awesome storyline and yet follows like legitimate occultism mm-hmm. and uses a lot of very like knowledgeable understanding of the mythos and um, psychological as well as the mythological elements of you know just just witches and and um and satanism although although they they take the darker turn and they say all witches are satanists versus you know having mm-hmm. that distinction and doing other things like in the real world but i i feel like you know they whoever whoever wrote it is 
there's there's definitely some pop culture and there's definitely some fun to it, but they they are occultists. They do know their stuff. So yeah, I, they, I find it fun. It's it's better researched than the TGIF version. Right, saying. exactly. Yes. A lot better research. But it's it's also it's also a lot darker and it's also yeah. a lot, you know, um and I think I think it's so it's more like the, the comic. It's more based on the source material than yes. a spinoff of the TGIF one with with Sabrina and, um, and uh, Clarissa <laughs> explains it all. Whatever her name is, uh, it, I think people. But I think there are there's a large group of people. I think that will go into this thinking that this is somehow attached oh, to the TGIF property. TGIF property, where it's, it has more to do with the source of Cheryl. So I think you're gonna surprise a lot of people. But I've I've heard a lot of buzz about this show. It's getting a lot of coverage. Well, so it, and it's it, it's, it's been good. well received so it's far. It's good. I say they they it's done so well on Netflix mm. despite the fact mm. that they haven't released any or they never release any of their numbers. Um, although I found an interesting article about the correlation between the um, the Instagram and Twitter followers of the main actors and actresses, mm. and and their um, and that is a way that you can correlate the views on Netflix. And so how well something is done according to the followers within their social media ah, metrics, but um, yeah, metrics, you know, <laughs> but the, um, but they're actually, it's so popular. They're actually bringing back a, uh, a single TV series or t- single TV show for Christmas. So December 15th, they're having a Sabrina TV show and then they signed it on for a, they, when they initially bought oh, like Sabrina, like they a, bought it, like a Christmas special Christmas on special. Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Um, and when they bought Sabrina, they actually bought two seasons. They didn't just buy oh, okay, one. Okay, cool. So, so season two is already filming. Um, so I'm I'm really curious to see how this thing plays out because River, I know Riverdale has such a, a large following sure. both on Netflix and CW, but you know this is this is looking amazing. Yeah, I think the sell on that series is more toward the River, Riverdale crowd more so than yes. the TJF version. Oh yeah, which and I think there's some I imagine some confusion uh, on the population as far as like who this. You know, oh, what Sabrina, for, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I think that's what most people think of. That's what I thought yeah. of, I, of course. I don't know a lot about it. But uh, for me, as far as Netflix, yeah, there's been some cancellations to the oh, uh, yeah. Unbreakable Commissionment is getting canceled. Right. Um, Iron I, Fist, of course. Iron and Fist. Luke, Luke yeah. Cage. You know, I've heard, you know, this kind is kind of, of cancellation Defenders. season. Defender. Well, yeah, Defenders, of course. But I also heard that Nathan For You is not coming back. Nathan For You. Oh, do you, do you know on uh, Comedy, Comedy Central? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Also not coming back. So I'm very upset. You're so sad. This is just like other things I get upset by. It's okay. I like to get upset. I get it. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of shows that I enjoy uh, are being canceled. It uh, happens. Yeah. Like, but Uncre- Unbreakable Commission. I think maybe she's doing one more. I hope. I say I thought I thought she was finishing up with the last season. Maybe she's finishing up on the last. Well, yeah. Season. They, yeah. This no, is another I mean, big cancellation to me. I say yeah, but it's it's Tina Fey. Tina Fey really doesn't have much more than three or four seasons. Yeah. It's not to say that she's incredibly talented. She just things. writes the she just writes the characters and the arc finishes. That's right, it. and she has. I mean. And she has she has a very uh, not dated comedy, but a very specific comedy that if you like it, you like it, right? So right. So if you like this, well, she's also doing great news, which is yeah. it, it has a very similar tone to it, different characters, but the comedy's still the same, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I feel like it makes sense that you know after three four seasons it ends. It's just yeah. like uh, that's, thirty. And Rock that's and fine. So it's just yeah. it's upsetting. I just like my shows coming back. I know um, that's why you're still involved in Dragon Ball Z. That's right. Because it's never gonna die. I hope not. Oh, and actually, it makes a bunch. It makes a bunch of money. Same Power Rangers. Power Rangers right? will also never die, which is very exciting. Never gonna die. So, um, I, unless there's any other business, gentlemen. Uh, oh, Sean Brennan, what are you up to? I'm sorry, did, what do you think? We didn't even really get to you. What? Oh no, Sean, you don't matter. Yeah, that's fine. <sighs> <Shh>. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I have to take it. 
Sorry. You can hey, follow. John, please tell us. You can follow Super Friends Super Show on Twitter at New Super Podcast. Find us on iTunes wherever you're listening to this particular show. Continue listening to it there, and find a way to remind yourself of future episodes on whatever platform you found us on, so you can find us in the future. Uh, at SeanDeWire.com is where you can find me on Twitter. That is my handle. At Sean Sand Sugar is where you yeah, can find please. Sean Brennan, and at Adam R Patterson is where you can find. Uh, Adam Patterson on Twitter. Those are all of our handles. Follow us and other things. Uh, any last thoughts or words before we sign off for this week's Super Friends Super Show, issue 175? Never check your candy after Halloween. Just eat it. It's part of, you know, it's it's sort of like a Russian a rush. roulette for kids. That's it's right. great. 